Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language. It is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. babies are made wow i never knew yep that's kind of gross it's really gross so all that time that we've been doing that that's that's what did it that's how they got here yeah wow i know i know you are a man of intelligence i know and evidently a man of secrets because we've been together over 20 years and you never told me how babies are made i'm sorry it came out like this Sometimes people who love each other like to hug, and sometimes they like to hug in different ways. That's definitely a different way. Mm-hmm. Wow, guys. Mm-hmm. That's how babies are made. Mm-hmm. On that note, welcome to another Martinis in the Macabre, the there... podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. There are so many porn videos that demonstrate that. Like dress rehearsals. Sort of, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My name is Erica. <laughs> I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. Hi. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's called semen. Okay, so <laughs> we, got a, uh, we got an email uh, from a listener. Uh, I just want to say Linda. I'm going to give out the full name. And um, she has a theory about the Blair Twitch Project. Here, you read it because you're a better reader than me. Okay. You're you're gooder with the wordsing. I was just listening to your podcast. Is it possible that he was involved in a fight before he left Canada and he was hurt there? I was hospitalized for hypovolemic shock and had been sick for days before I realized I needed hospital attention from an internal bleed. As to why he was in the U.S., perhaps he did find out something in Germany and it was necessary to be in the U.S. and to take the first available flight from a major airport, Seattle, to anywhere away from where he was, D.C. From there, he simply drove away trying to be anonymous and ended in Tennessee. His behavior might be explained if he was injured and in pain and unaware of what was happening. Maybe he even stripped himself in a frantic effort to explain the unusual sensations he was having at bleeding internally. From experience, bleeding internally and being dehydrated and suffering from hypovolemic shock is very frightening, If I'd been alone on the day it mattered most, I might be dead too. I spent seven days in hospital recovering. Regards, Linda. It's a very good theory. It is a very good theory, and we're glad that you are not dead, Linda. Yeah. And we appreciate you sending that in to us. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, he he could have potentially had an injury long before he died. I'm going to go ahead and just say that's probably one of the best theories we've had so far. Yeah. I mean, this shit has kept me up nights for a while where it's like, I want to know. So we're going to go with Linda's theory. Hypovolemic shock. That's what did it. Internal bleeding for days. <laughs> I think it's a, that's a really good theory. Yeah, it is. A really good theory. So thank you, Linda, for sending that in. And if you guys have any theories, ideas, anything about any of the episodes, any of the topics we oh. covered... 
Please send those in to us, martinisandthemacabre at gmail.com. She sent a second one. Oh, yes, she did. From uh, the Dynamite Farmer. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, hi, I really enjoy your podcast. I relate to your relationship because I'm a retired military wife as well. My husband is a retired military man, and I completely understand a strange relationship when they deploy and return. I've been married 38 plus years. Congratulations. Yeah. Lived together two years before that and have known each other since we were 15. Kind of like us. Yeah. Really. I'd like to correct correct your pronunciation of the name. We, we call it Hoyek. Hoyek. H-U-Y-C-K. Uh-huh. Is hike. Hike. Like taking a hike. Hike. Ah. So, yeah. I still like Hoyek. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I have to get my whole gut into it. Hoik. I could, I could, but but looking at the name, I can see. Yeah. Hoik. Hike. 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 Sure. Hike. All right. Yeah, guys, feel free to correct us on anything that we've mispronounced, because I'm sure we've mispronounced a fucking shit ton. <laughs> we try our best. I'm sorry. We work, we, we work really hard. Really hard. <laughs> And for this episode, I worked really hard at digging through all the dirt to bring you guys the fourth in our series of Kids Who Kill. So yes, for this episode number four in the Kids Who Kill series and the first of 2019, I found a murderous teen that had a little bit of crazy on his face. But was it real crazy or fake crazy? Now... A lot of the information I got for this came from an episode of a show from the UK called Murderers and Their Mothers, which you can find the actual episode on YouTube. Uh, There are multiple psychologists and experts on there that really break down what they think was going on with this kid. So I highly recommend watching it if you want a much more mature and professional look at it because we are not. You can speak for yourself. I like to think we are very professional as fuck. Should we let our phones buzz to vibrate? Mine don't. <laughs> we are not professional in any sense of the word. Oh, I had a, I had a um, listener mention that before. I think I can comment or something like, hey, mm-hmm. you can hear your shit buzzing. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you can? <laughs> so uh, I, I had to go on my phone and really look into the settings and stuff. Because if you turn the volume all the way down, it goes straight to vibrate. And I'm like, well, if I turn it down... I can't help it vibrating. It's one or the other. But it turns out you can, on this, I have a Galaxy X9, but on this, in the settings, you can go to sound and mute mm-hmm. everything for up to how many hours you want. Yeah, I'm so. not that involved in shutting my shit all the way down. So I just put mine on vibrate. And if you hear it, sorry. You're you're not professional. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I've said it before. This is a hobby. <laughs> but anyway. The kid we are talking about this episode is a teenager named Daniel Bartlam, who at age 14 viciously beat his mother to death with a claw hammer and then set her corpse on fire. Does it matter if it's a claw hammer? If you beat a person to death at that point, does it matter? Can you just say hammer? Yeah, yeah. He just beat her to death. There you go. But let's go back to the beginning. So Daniel was born in Nottinghamshire, which I've also seen listed as just Nottingham, in the UK on November 11th, 1996. His parents, Jackie and Adrian, and Jackie, her name was Jacqueline, but she went by Jackie. So his parents, Jackie and Adrian, weren't married when he was born, but they wed when he was three. 
So around 1999 or 2000 is when they got married. But the two split up shortly after his younger brother Dominic was born in 2005. Probably couldn't decide on the name. The mom probably wanted Dominic. He didn't want Dominic. He was born. She's like, what are you going to name him? She's like, Dominic. And he's like, I'm fucking done with your ass. <laughs> That's what led That's to what the divorce. <laughs> was naming the second child. How dare you name him Dominic when I wanted Nigel. I've said time and time again, fucking Nigel. <laughs> Here he comes. I'm looking at him right now. Nigel. He looks like a Nigel. And you fucked about and named him... Dominic. Dominic. You already forgot the I name. I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Daniel. I've also noticed in porn that's British. Whenever the guy comes, he usually says that. What? Sorry. <laughs> um, why? <laughs> he actually says sorry. A lot of them do. A lot of them do. In porn. In British porn, yeah. Wow. Like I a, don't think I've ever seen any British porn. Like a, like a British gangbang. You'll hear one of them be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> sort of God. <laughs> it's the weirdest shit. Seems like it would be Canadian. And you're like, why are you sorry? Yeah, sorry. Like, I could even see the woman like, no, it's all right. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and she's wiping off her eye. It's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Gross. I get it. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking Bukaki. You hear in the back, like, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, lass. <laughs> All right. So when this divorce took place, uh, Daniel would have been around nine years old. And even though nine years old is kind of a precarious age to have to go through the divorce of one's parents, Daniel appeared to take it in stride. He lived with Jackie and then had his weekends with his dad. And although he seemed well-adjusted outwardly, he began watching violent movies around this time. Oh, great. We're going <clears> to <throat> blame the movies. No, no, no. There's a lot of things in here. It's going to sound like I'm blaming. I'm just trying to kind of give you the psyche of this kid. No, he's a douchebag. Okay. When uh, Daniel was around 11, Jackie started dating a man named Simon Matters. Who was totally fine with Dominic's name. <laughs> Who Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss would love because not only is his name a sentence, but she wants everyone to know that you matter. It's in every one of her episodes, so go listen. You do matter. You matter. You matter. Anyway, Simon came into the picture, and after a while, he started noticing some behaviors. Simon totally matters. <laughs> he would catch Daniel pushing, pinching, and sometimes hitting his younger brother when Daniel thought no one was looking. And Dominic was only around three or four at this time, so barely out of kind of the toddler stage. It was kind of overlooked because just a short while later, the two would be sitting together on the couch enjoying cartoons with each other. It's probably safe to say that Daniel was feeling some sense of jealousy, not only because a young child like Dominic requires a lot of time and attention from parents, but also because his mom was spending a lot of time with Simon. You kind of have to. He's a baby. He's a little one. Yeah. But kids don't quite understand that. I mean, although, as we know as adults and parents, that you don't love your children any less, regardless of the amount of time you spend with them, kids a lot of the time interpret that lack of attention as a loss of love. So if I get shot in the spine tomorrow, would the kids get jealous that you have to give me a little bit more attention because I'm paralyzed? They might. That's fucked up. Mm -hmm. You never built me a ramp, Mom. 
I'm running away. You never had to feed me like that. Yes, I did. Yeah, oh, totally well. did. <laughs> never pushed me around the street. Yeah, I have. It's yeah. Called a yeah. Stroller. Yeah, we have. Pushed you up the inclines of Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. Meanwhile, I'm crying, blowing on a straw, trying to get my fucking chair to move. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, a lot of times they'll uh, lash out. And it just happened to be that he started his lashing out against his brother. When Daniel was 13, Jackie wasn't quite making ends meet. And she decided that she needed to downsize and sell the house that she and Daniel's father had shared together. Daniel had always gone to a private school and Jackie really couldn't afford to keep paying for it. So she she sold the house, but she continued paying for the private school for another six months, even though she couldn't really afford to. But she finally had to just tap out and move Daniel to a public school. Oh, poor fucking Daniel. Yeah, so now this 13-year-old, surely hormonal and awkward kid has what, lost... What age? 13? Yes. Yeah, hormonal. Totally, totally. <laughs> has... I remember I was 13, and I first discovered jacking off best week of my life i thought i discovered something new i almost wanted to, that's like I, I really that's the one time in my life i contemplated buying a journal right like, i discovered something today a bit messy but wow <laughs> well yeah so now he's lost a sense of safety and familiarity with having to move and change schools as well as what he probably held to be kind of status symbols you know the big house and the private school And he wasn't taking this change in stride. Daniel began to direct his behaviors toward Jackie, often yelling at her, blaming her for her and his father's divorce. But that was on the rare occasion when he wasn't holed up in his room. He began watching violent horror slasher films and playing violent video games, most of which were what would be labeled mature here in the U.S., but are called 18 rated in the U.K. Let's see. I've seen so many horror movies, and I play violent video games all the time, and I literally tell people that hugs are contagious. Yeah. (laughs) I grew up watching Nightmare on Elm Street since, like, the day it was released, and I've not killed anybody. I'm actually really... I know I've mentioned it before, but Erica can attest to the fact that I am a big, big, big teddy bear. Yeah, when you're not being an ass. Fuck you, (laughs) piece of shit. You want to fight? I'm actually a sweetie pie. You are. Simon would later state, quote, the Halloween movies, the Evil Dead movies. All of those sort of movies are 18s and beyond, and some of them would probably scare adults, but he seemed to thrive on it. It just shocked me, and I said to Jack, these are inappropriate for him. Oh, no, it's Evil Dead. It's pretty awesome for anybody. (laughs) I would show an infant the Evil Dead because it's the Evil Dead and it's awesome. (laughs) I told her what he was accessing. I warned her, but he is not my son, so I could not discipline him, end quote, which I understand. To a point, but it's like, um, at the same point, like, I, that's that's a struggle with being a step, not even a stepdad, a step-parent, you know, where it's like, oh, well, well, I can't, it's not my kid, what am I going to do? But I'm thinking... I mean, they're not even married at this point, they're just dating. Okay. Well, then, yeah, you probably have no right to say anything, but, like, if you get married and move in in the same house stuff, you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm older than you, I'm bigger than you, I am technically now your legal guardian, so you do what the fuck I say. If your mom says it's cool. I don't know. I don't know what you do to the, you know, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's he, okay to put your he's coming to her and saying, hey, I don't think this is right for him to be watching these. And she just kind of shrugged it off. Daniel would take his favorite clips of violence and post them to YouTube. And in between the violent games and movies, he liked to watch soap operas. Yes, soap operas. His favorite of which was called Coronation Street. 
And this will come into play significantly later. I used to watch them when I was a kid. Like what? When you stayed home sick from school? No, when I lit, when we lived over at my grandma's house, I went to kindergarten. But I don't think it's like this it now. Back then, it was like a half day thing. Oh yeah, half and days. So the second half of my day was spent with my grandma, and I would watch Dallas. No, no. Believe it or not, we were not a Dallas family. We were a um, let's Days see. of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. There was one called Santa Barbara. Uh huh. Um. I used to watch Days of Our Lives when I was like 13 during the summer. Oh my god, there's Days of Our Lives. There was a, there was a third one, though. Uh, As the World Turns? No. Um, Santa Barbara, Days of Our Lives. and I don't know. I'm going to Google it, though. Popular soap operas, daytime soap operas in the 90s, I guess. Yeah. Or 80s, probably. That and... Um, Another world. <laughs> you didn't even ask for that. <laughs> that shit just read your mind. It heard you. I'm going to Google that, and there it was. Another world. That was it. <laughs> Thank you. Ooh. Creepy as shit. <laughs> you didn't even say, hey, Google. It just did it. I miss my grandma. We used to sit there and watch soap operas, and then... Oh. When it was time for me to take a nap, I would sit on her lap and she'd scratch my back as I watched Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. And I'd miss her. Aw, she was a good lady. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. Miss. She'd give you the shirt off her back. Yep. She'd also whoop your ass if you did something wrong. We had a whittled paddle from Tennessee with my name etched in it. <laughs> and she's, 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 she's tuned me up a couple times. Right? I was a good kid. I never had a paddle with my name etched into it. One of the worst ones I ever got was because I was in first grade i think and we missed the bus and we attempted to walk home me and my old friend dusty and then grandma caught up with us and she fucking oh oh <laughs> the wrath the it was one of the bad ones where you couldn't sit properly you know you had to adjust what cheek you sat on uh-huh. it was it was it was that was a tough one <laughs> that was a tough one and the whole car ride, she was talking about how she's going to beat my ass the entire way. <laughs> it's like you knew it was coming. <laughs> she was mad. She would call me a little asshole. But she's Tennessee. She's straight Jamestown. Not Jamestown, Tennessee, but no, she might no, be Jamestown. Jamestown. Yeah, Grandpa wasn't from Jamestown, but Grandma was. Yeah. I'm going to take you home and whip your ass, you little asshole. I was like, oh, God, no, this is going to get bad. She had a very strong accent. It took me a long time after we started dating to... Like, really understand mm-hmm. her speech. You know what's funny about that whole incident? Hmm. Sarah got her ass beat worse than me. Because <laughs> she wasn't she watching didn't watch after me. you? She wasn't watching me. And, poor and to make it worse, Sarah beat the shit out of me when no one was looking. Because she caught an ass whooping. <laughs> Being me is a chore. I mean, if she was only two years older than you, she's only third grade. Yeah. <laughs> sorry grandma my car's in the shop what the fuck yeah <laughs> third grade come on okay let's go uh, okay. grandma's a good lady i miss I her i love her so daniel started drawing pictures of violence and would write violent stories which he would then share with jackie and simon i actually encourage that type of stuff what write about it that's an outlet a way to get your get your feelings out there you know that it clearly did, didn't work with yeah, Daniel. It, didn't, it wasn't sufficient enough for him. If you take whatever rage you have and put it in and channel it in an artistic form, then 
you're not cutting anybody's heads off. That's one way to look at it. Right? <laughs> I just felt probably a frustration that he wasn't able to enact what was going on in his head. So he would produce stories. I was downstairs one day. Daniel just came down into the kitchen and showed me this uh, story that he'd written. It's a handwritten story. And it was about two lads who were walking to school. Um, one had started picking on the other. The other had fought back and there was some sort of running battle towards school. And then the lad who'd been picked on in the first place ended up stabbing the lad who was picking on him. So I read it, gave it him back. And I was just like, well, why have you written that? And then he showed his mum quite proudly. And she was the same as me. Well, what have you written that for, Daniel? He would write out violent episodes. He would produce uh, perhaps drawings or whatever kind of output. But this wasn't actually fulfilling uh, what he needed, which was actual enactment. <laughs> okay, I love the fact that they do dramatizations of it. Is talking about all the stories that he's writing and stuff, and he literally drew a stick figure of his mom and said, "Die, die, bitch!" bitch. And he underlined it. And he underlined angrily. it in red. He <laughs> underlined it in red. That's how you know it's real. <clears throat> it's not the subject matter that I find funny, but when they put the actor in, it's like, okay, well, now you're going to be showing his uh, him writing these horrible stories. Okay, do I need a pen and paper? Yeah, we're just going to draw a picture and, and, and put curly hair. That way you know it's the mom. And then just write, die, bitch. Put a triangle on the bottom so it looks like a skirt. Yeah. <laughs> Make her sad. That's the Do telltale. Do upside down smile. Yeah. Oh, frowny face. I'm a dead bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it. So, then he went in the bathroom because he was so proud of his artwork. And then you could hear outside the door five minutes later him going, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, they seem to just question Daniel on why he would write such things. But no one really seemed to take it to heart. His outburst towards his mom became much more aggressive as well. On one occasion, the family had eaten dinner, but Daniel wanted his mom to order a pizza. God, mom, you're ruining my life. I want a pizza. Okay, this is the 90s. This is early 2000s. Okay, so stuffed crust pizza hasn't been out for entirely too long. I get it. But he'd already eaten. Stuffed crust pizza. I don't care. <laughs> but he might be full. How many kids say they're full and they go back and eat? Ours do all the time. What time is it? They're hungry now. <laughs> well, when Jackie told him no, that they had already eaten, he went ahead and ordered a pizza himself, paying for it with his own money. I get so, that in a way, but at the same time, your mom said no. Exactly. But I could see his side of the argument where he's like, my money, what, you know, like, would you care if I went out and bought a shirt? You know, but I could see the mom going, if I told you not to, yeah, I'd have a fucking problem with it. So yeah. I, I get it. I get, you know, both sides of that. Well, when it arrived, <clears throat> his mom, of course, questioned him about why he ordered it after they had already eaten and she had specifically told him no. Now, according to Simon, Daniel began screaming and cursing at Jackie, standing over her with his fists clenched as if he was going to hit her. Now, it didn't get physical that time, but it was probably the closest it came before the actual murder. And the poor pizza man was just standing at the door like, what the fuck? Do I wait on a tip or what? <laughs> I just picture this happening in front of the pizza guy and all I could think of is Larry from Gumball. 
Just standing there. <laughs> like, confused. Guys? <laughs> it makes me think of when we lived in Colorado and Mark mm. stripped for the pizza guy. We'll have to share pizza that on girl. a... Pizza girl. Oh, pizza girl. Pizza girl, yes. We'll have to share that on a Patreon episode sometime. The actual video? No, 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 oh. no. No, I don't have the technology to get that transferred from those little mini cassettes to digital. What do you take me for? I'm old school. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You don't even know how to stop your phone from vibrating. Actually, I'm pretty confident in your ability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, bitch, you ain't lying. You really don't know what you're doing there. I know when I had an iPhone, you turn the volume all the way down, it goes to vibrate. But you go one higher, it goes just as silent. So it goes all the way down, silent, and vibrate all. And you're not even reaching for that goddamn phone. Fuck it. Just fuck it. Yeah, it's okay. No. What? It. What is this language you speak? Uh Oh, Oh, God. Technology what? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I taught myself how to edit and upload. There you go. Could somebody in our Facebook group, which is Martinez and the Macabre, or our fan page, which is Friends Who Like Martinez and the Macabre, or Twitter, which is Martini underscore Macabre, or Martinez and the Macabre at gmail.com, um... Write out some instructions on how to get her to make her phone I fucking shut up. I know how to make my phone shut up. I just choose not to. Oh my god. Yeah, I know how to make it silent. Oh. I've had an iPhone for how many years? Oh my god. I've stuck strictly with iPhones since like iPhone 2 or something. Oh my I, god. I, I, yeah, I'm not that. No. It can just sit over there away. Wow. Where it's distant. <laughs> Let's just talk. But still in arm's reach in case there's an emergency. Let's just talk about Daniel. Yep, let's talk about Daniel. So uh, Daniel began pushing as many buttons as he could with Jackie and Simon. On one occasion, Simon had just trimmed back all of the flowers around a pond Jackie had in the yard. He left for a short while, and when he returned, he found that every single flower had been cut by Daniel. That's just a dick that's a dick move. Yeah. He trimmed back all the weeds and trimmed the flowers. And then Daniel was like, fuck this bitch. And just took some hedge clippers and chopped all that shit off. You want trimmed? I'll give you trimmed. Yeah. Daniel's outburst became more physical as well. And he started hitting walls when he would lose his temper. Around this time, Jackie and Simon were cleaning out Daniel's room and found several pairs of Jackie's underwear stashed in a suitcase. Little creepy. Uh, Most would probably think this was a sexual thing, and it very well could have. Uh, But it's also possible that Daniel was doing it as a way to push Jackie's buttons by stealing items of hers. But Jackie just laughed it off, saying, quote, I wondered where all those had gone, end quote. Um, If we were to go clean out Minimus Noah's room and I found my underwear in there, you better believe I'd be beating someone's ass. Well, he does the laundry here, so my first reaction wouldn't be, like, denial, which is what this is looking like, but I'd be like, God damn, was was he wearing glasses on this day? Because I've gotten (laughs) He does wear glasses. I've gotten Avery socks from time to time, where I'm like, come on, man, it's like, I'm not even trying. But no, these are stashed in a suitcase. Yeah. Yeah, he was deliberately hiding them. So, her reaction of just, oh, (laughs) I wondered where all those had gone might not have given Daniel the satisfaction of, like, an angered response that he would expect from his mom. So, 
it could have been a sexual thing, but it also could have been like, ah, fuck you, mom. And then she didn't respond the way he expected her to respond. This is where it gets really fucked up. Oh, not the underwear. <sighs> yeah. They also found plastic totes full of broken toys. He had like Star Wars toys and Doctor Who toys and like all of them were fucking broken. That's not it, though. He never really kept toys in one piece for very long, so that wasn't that unusual. But more disturbing than the broken toys was the fact that Daniel had been urinating in the totes of broken toys. He pissed in the totes of broken toys. Like a fucking cat. When you gotta go, you gotta go. I'm sure there's a bathroom. I'm not gonna defend this. (laughs) And, on top of that... Piles of feces were found in the totes and around the room. He did suffer emotional neglect. And that when he started to toilet in his own room, this was a cry for attention. The fact that Daniel actually uh, urinated on his Star Wars figures and defecated not only there but also around his room is the kind of bizarre, fragmented behaviour we get when someone is slightly schizotypal, which is kind of a kind of muted form of schizophrenia. Um, It's where his idea of fantasy and reality is completely disturbed and he starts to give things more significance and meaning. But it also might be, I hate you, you bought me these toys, and this is what I'm going to do to them. So it is an indication that he began to hate his mother and feel aggressive towards her, and his aggression was being, at that time, redirected to the toys that she had bought him. So, was he just fucking gross? Was it, fuck you, mom, I'm a piss and shit on this stuff? But then he's holed up in his room all the time. He has to smell that shit and sit in it. Literally. Well, isn't it something, it's called like, um, like sinus exhaustion. You you know, um, it's mentioned a lot with guys because guys always like to reapply their cologne because they can't smell it anymore, but they can't smell anymore because your sinuses and your scent has gotten used to it. And I suppose. I mean, it's like the cat lady who doesn't smell. Yeah, they the don't cat smell it because they're, they're, it's it's like your sinuses or your, your your sense of smell is exhausted at that smell. And you would have to initially smell it. And he would like wipe himself off with towels after he shit and like stuffed them around his room and places. So it wasn't like just one local spot that he could cover up. The thing that gets me, and you mentioned cat lady, is. When he goes to school, there had to have been one kid on the bus like, man, you smell like shit. Yeah. You, know? you would think. Because that smell stays on you. You smell like you own a bunch of cats, but I've been at your house and you don't have cats. <laughs> yeah, they had a dog. They didn't have any cats. <laughs> so, yeah. My dog shits on me while I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot different than the dog ate my homework. Shits on Nigel, too. <laughs> you mean Dominic? No! No! <laughs> <laughs> Taking his dad's side on that, huh? <laughs> That's why he hates his mom. He wanted Nigel, too. Yeah. God, mom, pay attention. Read a book. Read a baby name book. Well, at one point, Daniel ran away from home. He was found by police around 1 a.m. walking to the old house that Jackie had sold, the one where he had lived with both of his parents. Whether he was truly detached to the fact that the house was now occupied by another family... Reminds me of something. What? 
the, the night like, when we lived at the old house when we first started the podcast mm-hmm. was a guy that came up to the house in the middle of the night, wanted in. Yeah, 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 that happened. Was I in the bedroom when that happened? Yeah. Okay, I remember now. I was watching Old Boy, and I saw, like, because you know, like, where the mirror was? In there? No, not the mirror. Mirror was over the TV. Yep. You could see, like, the door open. Uh-huh. Or the, the screen door open, or the storm door. And I was like, what in the ass? So I got up, and I was like, help you? And it was, like, middle of the night. It was, like, 12 at night or something. Yeah, you know? it was, was late. Like, He's like, I just wanted to see in here. I used to live in this house. I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you lived here, sir. You need to leave right now. He's like, I used to live upstairs. I said, this is a one-story house. (laughs) No, I lived in the basement. I just wanted to see my old room. There's no basement, sir. There's a shotgun. (laughs) There's a shotgun here. Do you want to meet the shotgun? Mm -hmm. He was like, okay. And then. I heard the steps go down. I was like, Yeah, oh. he had to be very drunk or something. We, we lived down the road from that uh, that bar, and it was still open at that time. So yeah, so maybe he was just really confused as to what house it was. <laughs> uh, the fact that he said he used to live upstairs and then used to live in the basement was him trying to get in to do something. Mm. Maybe I'm being paranoid. Could be. Didn't happen because <laughs> shotgun had the upper hand there. Yep, shotgun <laughs> had the final say. <laughs> yeah. All the more reason why we are advocates for owning your own guns and being able to protect yourself. Yep. So anyway, so whether Daniel was truly detached to the fact that this house was not their family's anymore and another family was actually living there now, or whether he was just going there to try and make a statement to Jackie by heading to the place where he felt that she had ruined his life. This is where I belong, Mom. This is where I need to be, Mom. (laughs) Well, either way, nothing... Sorry. Nothing nothing was really done. He was simply returned to Jackie, and things continued as they had previously. No (laughs) one took any qualms about this. It would be funny if it wasn't even the cops, it was the owners of the house, and they still had him by the ear. And they're like, (laughs) is this yours? Well, he told us where to go, and, and we, here we are. Um, is this your kid? Because he's not ours. <laughs> he's, like, pushed him aside, slapped back on his head. He's like, stay off my fucking porch. <laughs> if I see you in my garden again, I'll fucking shoot you with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> They're allowed to have shotguns, aren't they? I think everybody is allowed to have a rifle or a shotgun. But That's I think... I think... Well, see, like in America, you don't have to have a gun permit to have a shotgun or a rifle. I think over there you have to have a permit, but you can still own a shotgun mm-hmm. or a rifle. They just can't have handguns, something, right? Something like that. I don't know. Let us know if you're from the UK, from somewhere in Britain, or... or... You can own one, but you have to have it registered, whereas in, in, in here you don't. Like, I could just go out and buy one, not have to register it at all. Something like that. Hmm. There, it's it's almost the same as far as rifles or shotguns, but there's like a minor, there's something that makes it different. But for the most part, it's damn near the same law. Well, let us know. I'm curious to know. Because believe it or not, people in England do hunt, and you need rifles and shotguns. Yeah. For that. Unless you're a badass, <laughs> you just jump out of trees you on just deer's jump out back. of a tree and <laughs> stab it to death with its own antler. Grot the deer. <laughs> I would respect somebody so much if they were like, how'd you kill that deer? <laughs> I chased it down, broke off its antler, and stabbed it in the neck. We rode for about a quarter of a mile at top speed. Took me for one hell of a ride. How's that venison taste? Uh, fucking great. 
It tastes great. This is the best venison I've ever had in my life. I'm not even gay, but can we hug later and spoon? <laughs> this is amazing. Well, what uh, are you doing Friday? Can we go out to eat on Friday? <laughs> Besties. <laughs> well, a few months later, Daniel was referred to a counselor at his school after telling other students, this is great, that his tie, which he named Fred, <laughs> was trying to strangle him. <laughs> I've, I have felt like that. I've never named my tie, but I think it's fucking hilarious. We've all all men have done that, where we have a tie, and we're like, "Geez," and we just loosen it, and that's it. We just go about our life. He's uh, trying to fucking strangle me. <laughs> how weird would it be if, if we're like at a wedding or a funeral, and you see me go, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it!" What are you doing, Fred? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it's funny, but... No, the fact that he named his tie. But anyway, he told the counselor that he was hearing voices that told him to hurt people who had upset him, to stab them with a knife, and kill them. But was he just feeling these urges, or did he really hear voices? He's at 12 years old and hearing voices. Quite worrying, really, isn't it? If I was, you know, dealing with somebody who was hearing voices defecating around a room and having massive fantasies and relaying these fantasies to others, I'd be seriously concerned that they were on the limits of personality disorder. Jackie, it appears, found it hard to believe it was a serious issue. Despite the school's insistence, Daniel see a mental health specialist, she chose to keep a lid on the situation as best she could. I don't think his father was aware of it. He had been having some counselling. Um, it was something that his mum wanted him to keep to himself and to herself for his own confidence. I don't actually believe that he was hearing voices. That's what I thought at the time. I think Jackie thought the same. They all basically came up with the fact that, you know, having studied him and talked to him, that the, he, he was OK, there was nothing actually mentally wrong with him. Jackie was relieved at the diagnosis. But what had Daniel actually been discussing in private with the specialist? In the last session, apparently, when he came out of the session, she'd hugged him in the car as if to say, thank goodness that's over, we know you're all right, it's nothing to worry about now. But in that same session, unbeknown to Jackie, Daniel had said that um, he, he, she didn't treat him very well. I think it was all, a lot of it was sort of lies mixed up with sort of attention-seeking. Why had Daniel used his therapy sessions to vilify his mother? Did he genuinely believe this fantasy, or was there a darker plan brewing? Had he not been declared fit and well, and had actually received some consistent therapy, might disaster have been averted? Or would he still have gone on to murder his mother? You know, that's something I kind of wonder. What's Dad have to say about this? We're hearing a lot from Stepdad, but what's Dad have to say? I'm sure he probably doesn't want to be too public about it. I mean, it is still his son. Well, I mean, because it said in there, like, Jackie tried to kind of cover everything up. What if you just went to the boy's father and was like, hey, he's shitting and pissing in boxes of broken toys. <laughs> what are you going to do about this? That's the thing is, I don't want to victim blame, but his mom just kind of rolled with the punches, said, okay, the school needs him to see a counselor, but let's keep it to ourselves. Just kind of let everything slide under the rug you know, until it blew up in the worst possible way. You know, I think this is one of those, and I hate, I'm not, I'm not trying to piggyback on whatever controversy about the fucking Gillette commercial. I don't care about the Gillette commercial. It's fine. Oh. But do you think she had that whole boys will be boys type of thing? Maybe. I mean, 
Or, you know, it's her first son. She probably didn't really know how to respond to these things. I mean, everything that we go through with Minimus Noah, it's the first time for us. Yeah. So if stuff like this were to pop up, it might be the same situation. Just like, you know, we've had some issues with Nugget and we've been taking him to see the doctor. And because we've realized from doing this podcast that <laughs> sometimes you see some behaviors that make you a little concerned. And we know liking the Hindenburg is a little concerning. <laughs> I don't think it's liking the Hindenburg. I think it's it's such attention to history. Mm-hmm. He has such an attention And to he history. loves history, but the things he likes about history are morbid and macabre, which is funny for us, but for an eight-year-old, it's a little weird. For an eight-year-old's teacher, it's a bit odd. Yeah, the Titanic, the Hindenburg, yeah, yeah. Yep. Race car crashes. Yep. People die. Yep. Yep. So we're taking the appropriate steps <laughs> to get him where he needs to go. <laughs> but I wonder if Jackie was acting like everybody's act everybody's overreacting to this like could be you guys are freaking all out about this he's fine he's just a boy oh he just cut some flowers no biggie oh he just has my underwear no biggie you know who you know who she reminds me of honestly and you're just gonna make you laugh jason Voorhees' mother (laughs) that's his that's her little jason Mm -hmm. you know but it's like uh no 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 he's a bad one he's he's a bad egg He is a bad one, and it's going to get really bad here in a minute. So, late on Easter Sunday night in April of 2011, neighbors heard yelling coming from the Bartlam house, and it sounded like Daniel and Jackie. Evidently, Daniel couldn't find his new trainers, which I had to look up because when I I hear trainers, I think of, like, potty training pants. (laughs) Well, we call them sneakers, but yeah. trainers. Trainers is a term used to describe like running shoes or athletic shoes over there. Yeah, but, yeah, like we we kind of do the same thing because we call some of our shoes cross trainers. True, they're, you know they're trainers. I and when I when I read the notes, I saw that you put trainers in quotation, and I didn't even read on. I saw that I was like shoes. Yeah, and, and then I've you read not, up, and it's like they call these shoes. I'm like, yeah, they're shoes. I've heard that term in other stories that I've read and stuff, but I was like, what the fuck are trainers? I was like, hey, Google, <laughs> tell me what those are. So, yeah, so Daniel couldn't find his new trainers and got all pissy about it. And then he woke Jackie up and started yelling at her because, you know, everything is her fault. And uh, the two were yelling loudly enough that the neighbors heard. And to be fair... Why won't you die? (laughs) You guys can hear that on our our most recent uh, Patreon episode uh, about a guy shouting, Why won't you die? And the police were called. And it's quite hilarious why he was yelling that. But uh, to be fair, you can see in the TV show how close the homes are to each other. There really isn't a lot of distance between them. So I would expect, you know, the neighbors to hear this. A short while later, flames were seen shooting out of an upstairs window. You would think spontaneous human combustion, but you'd be wrong. And Joe Nichols right. It was not. (laughs) In this instance, not in all instances. Not in all of them. He's good, but he's not that good. We're so mean to Joe Nichols. I don't know why. He's probably a delightful man. One of these days, we got to get Joe Nichols on the show. (laughs) <laughs> and if we ever are lucky enough to get Joe Nickel on the phone, the one of the first things I'll say is, 
I am sorry. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to kiss your ass, but we've really ran you through the rails here, and you probably didn't deserve it. No, I think he's amazing. He's probably a really good guy. He's probably, like, right now, like, basting the Sunday turkey for his fa- <laughs> Like, they do it every Sunday or something. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably, like, a very wholesome guy. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of Kevin McAllister's dad, like that house in Home Alone mm-hmm. that's beautiful and gorgeous. Like he lives there and he contributes to the to, to his neighborhood and everything. Like he's one of those neighborhood crime watch guys. Or he could be the complete opposite. We don't know. He probably carries a whistle. <laughs> a rape whistle? No, it's a whistle. Just a whistle? It could be a rape whistle. They don't make them separate, right? Any whistle can be a rape whistle. If you want it bad enough, yeah, yeah. you could just blow into it hard enough. Or you could just scream <clears throat> rape! Don't you scream fire? You could. I think they didn't. Don't they say scream fire before you scream rape because nobody will come? Well, that's what they say in seven. No, I mean I've I've read that like in <laughs> like in police articles and shit. Like they're like scream fire because I wonder how many episodes out. we have mentioned seven. This is probably I'm like sure somebody has probably counted. Damn near every fucking episode. <laughs> it's a good movie, but I don't know how we got on this tangent. <laughs> But there was fire coming out of the the window upstairs. And uh, Daniel got his little brother and their dog safely out of the house. Neighbors later recalled that it was odd that in the middle of the night with a fire burning in the house, Daniel seemed to be wearing freshly cleaned clothes as if he had changed into them before leaving the burning house. Jackie, unfortunately, did not make it out. Her charred remains were found in her bedroom where the fire was started. Daniel told police that there had been an unknown intruder in the house that night. He claimed that he found a hammer laying out and threw it at the intruder, who then took off out of a window, lighting the fire on the way out. I mean, that makes sense, right? If you have a flare gun, sure. (laughs) I've got a hammer being chucked at me after I've killed a woman, and I'm going to stop in the middle of fleeing to start a raging fire. You mean people don't want me here? (laughs) I best be going. The autopsy and investigation of the crime scene revealed that Jackie had been hit on the head with a hammer seven times, fracturing her face and skull. The killer then wrapped her body in newspaper, doused it in petrol or gasoline, turned on the gas, and set Jackie's body on fire. Hardly something that could be accomplished as the killer was fleeing the scene. Jackie's body was so badly burned that she had to be identified from dental records. Simon recalled, quote, As soon as I found out Jackie had been killed, I knew instantly Daniel had done it. I wasn't surprised at all by the murder, but I was surprised by the brutality. The warning signs have been there since he was 11. In the three months leading up to the murder, he made over 17,000 hits on different websites. He viewed pornographic, incest, and rape websites. He even looked up a site called How to Chloroform My Little Sister. Put chloroform on a rag and hold it up to her fucking face. You have to go to a website for that? <laughs> End quote. This podcast is for educational purposes only. Do not chloroform your sister. (laughs) Now, I know Simon can't necessarily discipline someone else's kid, but he could have tried to do something. I mean, sit Jackie down, say, look, that kid cray, and you need to put the kibosh on his crayness. Something. I like um, where we need, crayness needs to be a word. Yeah. I like that. Crayness. Yeah. That shit cray. I mean, he could threaten to leave if... You know, she doesn't get the kids some help. Anything. What gets me is like, I'm not surprised about the murder, but the brutality. Yeah. It was like, uh, she was uh, beaten with a hand. Oh, no, she was, she was murdered. Was it Daniel? Yes. 
It was with a hammer and then set the body on fire. Like, oh, God damn, Daniel. Shit. I mean, that doesn't seem nearly as brutal as some of the shit he was watching in his violent movies and video games. So why would he be surprised at the brutality? I mean, that's not nearly as violent as some of the shit you see in Saw. So, yeah, I, I I don't quite understand that. But, anyway, Daniel stuck to his lie while the investigation continued. But the hammer he alleged he threw at the intruder was actually found in his bedroom. And some pretty damning evidence was found on his computer, which he had tried to wipe from its memory. Daniel had written a story based on one of his favorite plots from the soap opera Coronation Street. In the show, a character named John State murdered a woman with a hammer and left her body in the wreckage from a tram crash. And investigators actually found clips of this plotline on Daniel's computer. In Daniel's story, the main character, whose name was Daniel, Daniel, was a master criminal who had committed a string of assaults, rapes, and gruesome murders. He wrote, quote, The only place he couldn't get away with his bad deeds was with his mother, Jackie. Spelled it different, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he used his own name and his mother's own name. So really clever, this one. Wow. He continued, so elusive, isn't he? <laughs> he continued, quote, So one evening he made it look as though there was a break-in and murdered his mother with a hammer and then set her and the family home alight, end quote. Can't get more accurate than that. And then when the police showed up, he said a person broke in and did it. <laughs> I mean, in the story, though, Daniel got away with the murder. Simon later recalled, quote, As the character in the soap, he'd got away with it, got away with it in court, and then gone on to become a famous soap star. Longest soap star in history, I think he'd finished it off with, end quote. So he planned on getting away with it and then becoming a... Long-running soap star. Is that phase two? Delusions of grandeur, I guess. Is that phase two of his thing? <laughs> Maybe. When all of this was discovered, Daniel was swiftly arrested and charged with his mother's murder only two days after it took place. All of Daniel's aggressive and gross behaviors were laid out in court, as well as his penchant for violent movies, games, and stories. And of course, Daniel's own story about killing his mom was submitted into evidence. Daniel was convicted of premeditated murder almost a year after his mother's death and sentenced to life in prison with a minimum 16-year sentence and was dubbed the Coronation Street Killer due to Daniel's obsession with the show and similarities between the murder plot on the show and Daniel's own murder of his mother. Simon said, quote, He was just the boy next door. If you saw him in the street, you wouldn't look at him twice. Normal guy. It makes it more scary than anything else, really. The fact he'd been speaking to people, going to school, and all along he was planning. He knew he was going to murder his mom. And that's the very fucked up case of Daniel Bartlam, number four in our Kids Who Kill series. So do you think he was really having some personality disorders, like hearing voices, or was he faking? Let mm. us know. Yeah, let us know. You know how to contact us. Yeah, let us know on social media. Facebook page, which we've already mentioned, Twitter, which we've mentioned, and also on Instagram at Martinis and the Macabre. We'll try to get around to that one. You can find <laughs> all of those links on our website as well, martinisandthemacabre.com. There's a bio page, full episode catalog for your listening pleasure, as well as a full music catalog of all the songs created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of the show. 
He has actually made two new songs that are currently unreleased. So if I can get them in time, I will be putting one at the end of this episode. You can find his album views on iTunes and many other music platforms. The links of all of them are on the website. So please go support an independent and talented artist and buy it. It's really good. It is. If you want to contact us, there's a contact box on the website, or you can send us an email at martinisandthemacabre at gmail.com. Give us your theories. Correct Which us. has happened. Correct us when we butcher the name of someone or Which a foreign place. <laughs> send us topic ideas or research. Anything you send our way is greatly appreciated, and we will respond. <clears throat> While you are on the interwebs, head over to our podcast home at murder.ly. Check out all of the other great true crime podcasts on Murderly. There are a lot of really great shows that we share a home with that I personally listen to, so go check them out and tell them we sent you. And, of course, our patrons. We did just receive notice that our stationery has finally shipped, and it actually arrived today. Woo! So, this coming week, we will be sending out stickers and packages. We are so sorry about the wait, but hopefully it's worth it. And we hope you like the new stickers. Not going through that fucking company ever again. <laughs> And put them up somewhere where people will see them. Send us a pic of where you put it. We'd like to see them all over the place. But without further ado, we want to give our undying love to our patrons, starting with our baller, Amy. Hi, Amy. We love you, Amy. Love you, Amy. She's our baller, yo. We also want to thank Bonnie Lee from Writing About Crime, Bridget, Cooper, Corey, Donald, Grace, times two. You are amazing. Holly Hunter from Murder and Such. Go listen to him. Yeah. And uh, his co-host, Haley. Jennifer, Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss, Karina, Christy, Marie Maxime, Molly S., Molly W., Stephen, and Sue. And And I believe we just got a new one today. Lady Danger. Lady Danger. Hi, Lady Danger. I haven't looked to see what your official name is, but I like Lady Danger. We we may just stick with that. Yeah. (laughs) So you amazing snuggle bunnies have our undying love. You really keep things going. We appreciate your patience with the packages and stickers. We will be getting them to you shortly. You guys help keep the show going financially. And if anyone out there wants to contribute, even a dollar makes a huge difference. Don't worry about it seeming like, oh, it's a pill. It's just a dollar. Every dollar makes a difference and it really adds up over the months. So we appreciate all of you for your contributions that you've already made or any that you may make in the future. We love you guys. Finally, if you get the chance to leave a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, anywhere that you can do so, it would really be very much appreciated. Those five-star ratings on iTunes really help for some strange reason. And if you send us a screenshot of your review or post a share or a mention, whatever you can do to grow our show organically, we will send you a sticker. You know what? If you do a one star, I'll send you a sticker myself because damn it, you got balls to send screenshot that. Send us a that. screenshot. Of your I will one send star. you a sticker because damn it, I respect that. <laughs> only if it's one or only if it's five. Nowhere in between. <laughs> That's why that one guy who said our comedy should be punishable by death. By death. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you should have screenshot that. Yeah. Send it to me. We would send you one. Anyway, with all that said, and out of the way... How pissed off would he be if he opened his mail one day and there was a martinis and a macabre? We're like, love you. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Here's your keychain. <laughs> Kisses and misses, baby. <laughs> you know what? Before we go, 
I know it has nothing to do with us and we're a long ways away from it and everything. And they, he never knew us and everything, but, um, Kevin Barnett. Oh, yes. Very big loss. We have been longtime oh listeners years of Roundtable of Gentlemen, if you guys haven't listened. It's not currently running anymore, but it was a hilarious podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kevin Barnett just recently passed away while vacationing in Mexico. And we want to send out our heartfelt condolences to the whole Last Podcast Network. Yeah, because we've been listening for years and years. We have. It's weird. It's like I kind of feel like I'm a part of the, like their family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when Kevin Barnett died, I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like you feel that. You're like, oh, Yeah, fuck. Billy texted me and told me and I, my immediate reaction, I said, no way. Yeah. Like, because he's younger than us. 32? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. 32, 33. He, he, I guess, had some complications from pancreatitis. Um, we're very sorry to his mother, Claudette, which we've heard about many times on the podcast. And, you know, to all of his close friends, he was up and coming in comedy and producing TV shows. Uh, Wrote so many scripts for TV shows and everything. And it's, it's very sad because we've been listening to him for years and felt like he was somebody we knew, you know, where he talked about growing up uh, subscribing to Horse Illustrated yeah. and his love for birds. He went by Bird Luger. Bird Luger. Went, oh, there's a Kickstarter. <laughs> Dude, there's a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe for his memorial. Mm-hmm. And they've got like, like, like I want to say like $36,000 already for it. And now people are wanting to save up money to uh, buy a uh, African gray Aww. and stuff for, you know, it's, that's. And I think that was a joke on the, the show before was that they were going to Af- save up to get him an African gray. Yeah, they wanted to start gray. a Kickstarter yeah. and one person donated like five bucks. And it was like, they were so happy. They were, and Marcus Parks, who's like the producer, was like, they pledged it. He didn't give it. <laughs> it was like, oh, we're just promised five dollars. We didn't even get five dollars yet. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So, seriously, our heartfelt condolences go out to all of them at the Last Podcast Network and Kevin Burnett's family as well. It's a huge loss, and he will be remembered remembered fondly oh, by absolutely. us. And one of the best ways to hear Kevin Barnett is in one episode of Roundtable of Gentlemen. I forget the number episode, but the episode is called uh, Swag to the Moon, New Jackets. And that's, that's one of the good ones. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. So, all right, guys, now that we brought this down to a very somber <laughs> note, stay safe, Snuggle Bunnies. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Swag to the Moon, New Jacket. Uh... <laughs>
What do you call a child born from incest? What? A gross domestic product. <sighs> I hate you. <laughs>